0: It has now been over a week since the Elon Musk biography by Walter Isaacson came out on 9-11. The worst thing to happen on 9-11. Easily in the top five. Uh-huh. And at nearly 700 pages, it apparently took people a while to gather up all the best bits. So even though we talked about that damn book a bunch last week, there's still meat on that bone. You can
1: get a nice little uh, Get a going. stew going. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and thankfully, while the stuff we talked about last week was kind of funny and also kind of deadly serious... This stuff is pretty much 100% funny. Cool. So let's start with Cyberpunk 2077. The like,
1: greatest game of all time?
0: Well, I hear it's actually pretty good. They've done the, the new big update.
1: The new update's supposed to be really really good. And it's got Andrew becoming coming.
0: But this is a game that came out all the way back in 2020, which feels like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But it was actually, it's still more recent than when the yet-to-be-released Tesla Cybertruck was announced. So just put that in time perspective uh-huh. there. and yeah just looking at the Cybertruck's
1: design cyberpunk 2077 seems like something Elon would be into instead of simply waiting excitedly for the game to be released though he of course had to get really weird and desperate about it his girlfriend at the time Grimes actually voices a side quest character in the game and apparently Elon was seething with jealousy over this to the point that he randomly showed up at one of Grimes voice recording sessions with a gun demanding to be put in the game. Okay. But don't worry, it's actually lamer
0: than it sounds. Yeah.
1: Um, here's from the book.
0: When Grimes was doing the voice recordings for the cyborg pop star she played in the video game Cyberpunk 2077, he showed up at the studio wielding a 200-year-old gun and insisted that they give him a cameo. The studio guys were, like, sweating, Grimes says. Adds Musk, I told them that I was armed but not dangerous. They relented. The cybernetic implants in the game were a sci-fi version of what he was doing at Neuralink. It hit close to home, he says.
1: Okay, so, pretty weird, but it gets even funnier when you look into exactly how he was incorporated into the game. Basically, if you choose the Corpo backstory for your character at the beginning of the game, you start off in a bathroom in a fancy office building, puking into the sink. And while you're puking, an awkward guy in a suit with an eerily familiar face enters the bathroom, looks at you briefly and then goes into the stall to take a shit now it's it's never been officially confirmed that this is elon's cameo but if he did in fact secure a cameo with a flint lock pistol this is it meanwhile grimes <laughs> obligation fulfilled yeah thanks everyone and when we, by the way when we said the right to bear arms this is what they meant
0: it I, that's true yeah that is true
1: Uh, meanwhile grimes's pop star character in the game does have a rich dickhead boyfriend that you're sent to spy on and while he's definitely not modeled after elon you do end up dumping his dead body into a garbage chute so guy who takes a shit in the bathroom versus guy who gets dumped in a garbage chute
0: yeah we are getting some indications about uh, how the developers of cyberpunk uh, felt about elon and his desperate attempt to be put into the game
1: are you sure you want to be involved in this dystopian cyberpunk reality
0: well To him, it's not a dystopia.
1: No, this is, uh, everything's great. Although, you would assume he would not want to be involved at all because of all of the uh, uh, controversy surrounding the game in the early lead-up to it with the uh, uh, gender ambiguity.
0: Well, that was before his uh, daughter was turned into a communist by the L.A. uh, school system.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. So, different times, I guess. Also,
0: I mean, if he had known about the gender stuff, he probably would have slowly backed out the door and went and tweeted something about how... Turn me into one of the character's penises. Cyberpunk's gone woke, even Uh though, like, that kind of... I mean, if any genre of science fiction is going to have, like, trans shit in it, it's going to be the genre where people can, like, just completely swap out, like, entire body body parts parts and shit. Mm -hmm. Like, come on, Elon. But yeah, speaking of cyber, here's a fun excerpt about how the cyber truck came to be. Every time someone would point to a picture that was more conventional, Musk would push back and point to the car from the video game Halo, or in the trailer for the forthcoming game Cyberpunk 2077, or from Ridley Scott's movie Blade Runner. His son, Saxon, who is autistic, had recently asked an offbeat question that resonated. Why doesn't the future look like the future? Musk would quote Saxon's question repeatedly. As he said to the design team that Friday, I want the future to look like the future. There were a few dissenting voices suggesting that something too futuristic would not sell. After all, this was a pickup truck. I don't care if no one buys it, he said at the end of the session. We're not doing a traditional boring truck. We can always do that later. I want to build something that's cool. Like, don't resist me. It became known as the Cybertruck. A majority of the people in the studio hated it, said von Holtzhausen. They were like, you can't be serious. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. It was just too weird. Some of the engineers started working secretly on an alternative version. (laughs) I'd love to see that, the alternative uh, Tesla truck.
1: Yeah, ready to go at any time. uh, Presumably when the Cybertruck inevitably fails safety tests or anything else. Um, Which, again, I...
0: Yeah, TikTok!
1: supposed to be uh, publicly released very soon.
0: Haven't heard anything about it actually uh, even attempting to pass the rigorous... Uh, government-regulated sanctioned uh, tests that, you know, all cars in this country are required to
1: pass. These Cybertrucks are going to end up on a, just, a battlefield somewhere.
0: Like, uh, uh... Except, no, all the trucks that ended up on battlefields in the Middle East were, like, highly dependable Toyota trucks from, like, the late 90s. Yeah. The ones that were, like, literally indestructible. Yeah. They'll never break down. Cybertruck can barely, like, get up on a fucking curb. You don't want to take this thing out into battle. Exactly. It's going to get stuck in a pothole. Yeah,
1: well, this is funny for multiple reasons. It also lines up with other stuff that we've talked about recently regarding the Cybertruck. For starters, the idea of what the future looks like has always been very much rooted in the present day. And both Cyberpunk 2077 and the Cybertruck are based on a version of the future that's rooted in the world of the 70s and 80s when stuff like Neuromancer, Akira, Blade Runner, etc. all came out. It's also absolutely not a positive vision of the future. But as we saw with the metaverse, apparently everyone in tech who loves the cyberpunk genre completely missed the whole hellish dystopia aspect. Secondly, it's wild that Elon apparently has no concept of form-following function, an important fundamental design principle for the last 100 plus years. Basically, what a product looks like should be primarily influenced by what it does and what current manufacturing processes are capable of. It's a principle that when taken to an extreme can definitely be bland and hideous, but if your engineers are telling you your truck design will be difficult and expensive to make and won't be good at doing truck things uh, and won't appeal to people who buy trucks to do truck things, it's wild to just you know tell those people to shut up because all you care about is aesthetics.
0: Yeah, and we, I mean, in recent weeks, we saw just like people in the car industry are just like, no, the manufacturing this thing is uh, gonna be a pain in the ass Uh, using stainless steel in this way uh, big problem using like these flat surfaces there's a reason you don't see that in cars Uh, these things are gonna get warped to shit and back yeah and yeah it's just this is the reason why concept cars which every car company shows off in Detroit every fucking year so there's a reason why those aren't production cars yeah because they're designing for looks entirely yeah and uh, when you're actually designing a car that needs to, like, function on the road and be safe and uh, be reliable, like, there are visual, the aesthetics of it follow the actual function of it. It's, a, it, it's like the same way, like, people, people are like, why don't buildings look as cool as they used to? And it's like, well, the way that buildings are made changed. Yes. And yes, in the middle of the 20th century, uh, the result was... God awful, just the ugliest shit you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a reason we stop. You know You don't. People aren't building new houses out of like fucking stone. Yeah. Or uh, making like and buildings are starting to look cool again. Well, yeah. It, well, there's always been good architecture that yeah. actually takes the new uh, construction principles and applies them in a good way. Yeah, a lot of it's not good, but like yeah, it's you're just not looking in the right place. But it, yeah. it's the same with cars. It's like. Cars don't look the way they used to because uh, is, it was building a car was a lot different back then, and those cars are not safe. Not at all. Uh, the other thing about the Cybertruck is currently,
1: and because the uh, look of the Tesla has not changed in very long, no, in a very long time, kind of dated at this point. You have to kind of give people the benefit of the doubt that are driving them and be like, okay, yes, the CEO is a complete psychopath who seems to really. Uh, harbor some anti-Semitic thinking. Probably not a car company would like to represent publicly, but benefit of the doubt, you might've bought that years ago because we don't know, it. they all look the same. Yeah. Now, when you see a cyber truck rolling down the road- uh,
0: This person made a decision in the year 2023.
1: Yeah, <laughs> based on all the information available, including how impractical impractical this truck is, yeah. and still decided to take delivery on it. So no, I will uh, stick my hand out the window and go, thumbs down, sir.
0: Yeah, So I, I, I look forward to seeing how that turns out. But yeah, it just it needs to look like the future. It's just like, do you even, I thought you were a big sci-fi fan. Have you noticed that like science fiction's idea of the future has uh, changed quite a bit? And even within the same era, there were wildly different visions of what the future looked like. Like, yeah. do you have you noticed how Fallout looks completely different the compared to Starfield? Yeah. Those are both the future, but they're based on different visions of the future. Uh,
1: the, in a lot of utopian sci-fi illustrations and stuff public transit everywhere you look.
0: Yeah. That's pretty futuristic, Mr. Musk. Uh-huh, can you imagine a train yeah, carrying you imagine everyone where they need to go? A
1: tunnel with uh, a conveyance device that holds more than four people?
0: Wow, that's futuristic. Yeah, uh-huh. that'll never happen. Nope. No. Anyways, one more funny anecdote from the book that came to light this week involves Elon Musk getting into a, a confrontation with a man who is widely and accurately considered one of the most important figures in comedy of all time. He's also a guy whose comedy mainly revolves around uncomfortable confrontations. So it's kinda perfect that Larry David, creator of Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm, decided to make a high-profile wedding reception extremely awkward by yelling at Elon Musk about his politics. (laughs) Here's Insider. Comedian Larry David once confronted Elon Musk at a wedding about his support for the Republican Party and had some harsh words for the Tesla CEO. The exchange was first detailed in Walter Isaacson's new biography on the billionaire. Isaacson wrote that the Curb Your Enthusiasm creator seemed to be fuming when he sat down at a table with Musk at the wedding reception for Endeavor CEO, Ari Emanuel in May, 2022. Do you want to just murder kids in schools, David said. Isaacson wrote that Musk was baffled and annoyed by the question and said he's anti-kid murder. It continues, then how could you
1: vote Republican, David said. The comedian later told Isaacson that Musk's negative posts on X, formerly known as Twitter, about the Democratic Party were sticking in my crawl. The wedding took place only a few short days after the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, in which 19 children and two teachers died. Even if Uvaldi never happened, I probably would have brought it up, because I was angry and offended, David told Isaacson. Representatives for David confirmed to Insider that he made the comments to Musk. Emmanuel and Musk did not respond to a request for comment ahead of publication. The comedian's dig came after Musk said in a May 2022 social media post that the Democratic Party has become the party of division and hate, so I can no longer support them and will vote Republican.
0: I, I do love that they reached out to all the parties and it's like, no comment, no comment. And Larry David's like, uh, yes, tell it. him I did say it. Yeah. That's so Larry. Yeah.
1: And it's... Uh, it, it It just goes to show that people who are stumbling into fascism are constantly saying that they have nothing to do with what their words actually mean.
0: And also it's like, Elon's seemingly his entire reason for shifting rightward is like all based on fucking culture war bullshit yeah none of it is based on like actual material things mm-hmm. happening in the country such as you know mass shootings happening all the time and uh yeah so good for you larry david he just
1: he's just mad that he can't say the hard r
0: word which
1: one i'm not gonna say it <laughs> the one that starts with r or the one that ends with r it starts with it
0: oh okay
1: yeah um but yeah, it's it's it this is a constant where people are like, "Well, if that's what you want to take out of what I said, well, I guess, you know, you're entitled to your opinion." It's like, "No, you're giving an opinion publicly as a very public figure with millions of followers that is directly in line with the Republican Party line. Yeah.
0: You're endorsing a political party right after a just horrific mass shooting, a political yes. party that uh, they're official position on the matter is we can't do anything about yeah it. thoughts and Sorry. prayers all right on to the next oh, one well.
1: yeah. yeah it's it, it's it's anyway. frustrating yeah well,
0: what's extra funny about this and makes it even more of like a real life kirby enthusiasm scene is that larry david actually officiated <laughs> this wedding okay so he's apparently i guess he's pretty tight with Ari Emanuel, and and probably killed it up there on the altar you would have said probably did a great job mm-hmm. but Elon Musk is also a friend of Ari Emanuel. He, he sold Emanuel one of Tesla's first roadsters and was photographed looking like a beached beluga whale on Ari Emanuel's yacht last year. Yeah,
1: That's where those pictures are the from. The one where he looks like the guy, the, the guy that can survive any car crash. What's his name?
0: <laughs> Graham. Graham, yes. So yeah, a very awkward scene all around. Also, elsewhere in the book, it is revealed that Ari Emanuel at one point offered via text message to run Twitter for $100 million, which Musk rejected, calling it the most insulting, demeaning, insane message. Because a guy who actually has successfully run multiple companies over like decades uh, implied that Musk needed needed help from needed someone who, help. who knew what they were doing. Yeah. It's very funny. I, th- I mean, if he had taken him up on that offer, I... things would be going a lot differently. Uh, you'd probably get free UFC fights on, sure. on Twitter. because And, and WWE. Because Ari Emanuel's got his finger in a lot of pods. Uh, It is funny
1: that just in the past two weeks, because of this book, it really seems as though every other important political and business leader in the world is constantly big-dicking Elon Musk. Yeah. It's happened so many times, just out of excerpts in this book. Uh, Russia doing it, uh, other business people doing it. Everyone's trying to get one over on Musk, and there's got to be a reason for it.
0: Well, yeah, they either... They either pre- like, yeah, the people the people that are, like, on his level seem to not like him. <laughs> yeah. The people that are, like, two or three rungs below him, like that David Sachs guy yeah. and uh, that whole, those types of people, those minions, Jason Calacanis, mm-hmm. uh, those people are wealthy simps. They're millionaire simps. Yeah. Those are the ones that he gets the along with. The second
1: those people had one little inch of power more than Musk, though, they'd immediately do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no honor among uh, dweebs. It, it's just so funny that he keeps getting big-dicked. And that like, this book is just like, yeah, here's the chapter on Elon getting big-dicked by every other person on Earth. Just constantly made to look like a fool. Yeah. Uh, nobody trusts his judgment. The only time that anyone trusts his judgment is when they have to because he
0: pays their his salary. His entire life is a supervillain origin story. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And like He, he already became the supervillain, but like the origin story just continues to... Play out. Yeah. it's interesting. Uh, but moving on now to more
1: recent Elon news, the man has long demonstrated an uncanny ability to avoid accountability or consequences, but the walls may finally be closing in. According to a report this week in the Wall Street Journal about that giant glass house that Elon allegedly tried to build for himself with Tesla money and resources, um, let's just read from it. Federal prosecutors are scrutinizing personal benefits Tesla may have provided Elon Musk since 2017, longer than previously known, as part of a criminal investigation examining issues including a proposed house for the chief executive. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York also has sought information about transactions between Tesla and other entities connected to the billionaire, people familiar with the investigation said. Prosecutors have referenced the involvement of a grand jury
0: continues the new information indicates that federal prosecutors have a broader interest in the actions of musk and tesla than was previously known and that they are pursuing potential criminal charges the wall street journal reported last month that the justice department is investigating tesla's use of company resources on a secret project that was described internally as a house for musk the house effort was known within the carmaker as project 42 and plans called for an expansive glass building to be constructed near tesla's austin area factory and headquarters among the questions prosecutors are examining is whether tesla properly disclosed perks musk might have received internal or external lawyers typically handle such disclosures at tesla musk has at times personally guided what information to disclose to shareholders it couldn't be learned whether that was the case with any perks that prosecutors are scrutinizing Tesla has said it generally doesn't provide perks or other personal benefits to its top executives.
1: Basically, if you run a publicly traded company, you can't just pull money out of the cookie jar anytime you want or direct company resources to be used for personal projects without disclosing that shit because shareholders own the company and shareholders want to know where their money is being spent. It's potentially a very serious situation. yeah. And the fact that Musk is possibly facing criminal charges in addition to SEC violations is big news. I mean, we're not holding our breath waiting to see if Elon Musk is going to be wearing one of those cool orange jumpsuits, especially with Trump potentially going to prison also on our plate. But hey, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, the it, it's pretty sketchy, too. They go into more detail and it's like uh, like people within Tesla are like, who are we? who are we giving all this glass to? And it's like some like weird holding company name and you you look it up and it's like in the corporate documentation, it's being run by like the guy that runs Elon's like personal home office and shit. But he was like deceiving people within his own company. If
1: you you were a shareholder or a worker at the company, you would look at this and go, there's no way that Elon Musk is building a glass house for himself. That would be too on the nose.
0: It also, this is a great example that even though he is the world's richest man, he is he's not liquid at all. Yeah, no, he
1: needs to borrow money all if the time. If he wants to
0: build a, a sick, like, billionaire house, like, he does not have the money for that. No, and
1: uh, the other option is uh, selling off his shares in Tesla, which do- shareholders
0: also don't like. Yeah, I mean, he, he does it, like, once a year. He just, like, offloads, like, a billion dollars in shares and was like, oh, yeah. But- I need some cash. Yes. <laughs> It's not a, you know, just also about. that
1: rich, like lots of money, can't buy taste. You really can't. That, uh, it, it comes up every once in a while. But someone posted recently uh, Justin Bieber's house, and it's like every time that it's posted, the top comment is always like, "This dude looks like he lives in a community college." It's just like the most. Mm. It looks like a uh, office park.
0: Oh yeah, a little sterile.
1: Yeah, no, it looks like a yeah, like a, a
0: health park, like you'd go where you go get your X-rays done or something. Yeah, so that's that's form over function taking too. It's it's uh, yeah, it's extreme. Uh, but yeah, it is. If you think Elon's Tesla engineers uh, working on the Cybertruck were frustrated, can you imagine the fucking architect hired to build Elon's glass house like trying to explain to him like how physics fucking work? <laughs> That'd be it's great. Like
1: structural glass. I don't care what it takes. Uh, money is no object. Get it done.
0: Yeah, yeah. For now, though, Elon Musk is a is a free man, mm. and he he really wants you to come down to Neuralink headquarters and get fitted. He's tired of killing monkeys. Slaps brain. You can really fit so many goddamn computers in this bad boy right yeah. here. Yeah. So now, to be fair, all that news about monkeys dying horrible deaths during the animal trials for Neuralink's brain implants its sure to give you pause about whether letting Elon Musk anywhere near your gray matter is a good idea. Nevertheless, the first round of FDA-approved human trials, it's not for the average Musk fanboy who just wants to be able to tweet slurs just by thinking them. It's for people with paralysis Mm -hmm. who want to potentially gain a new level of
1: independence. Here's Motherboard. Elon Musk's Neuralink is set to begin human trials, and the company is announcing that it's looking for human applicants to test its controversial brain-computer interface. The PRIME study, short for Precise Robotically Implanted Brain-Computer Interface, nothing to do, I assume, with Prime Energy Drink, the Logan Paul KSI beverage, It aims to evaluate the safety of our implant, N1, and surgical robot, R1, and assess the initial functionality of our BCI for enabling people with paralysis to control external devices with their thoughts," the company wrote in a blog post on Tuesday. According to Neuralink, it secured an investigational device exemption from the FDA in May and is ready to test both its interface and the robot it will use to implant the device on humans. If you have quadriplegia and are interested in exploring new ways of controlling your computer, you may qualify, a brochure detailing the trial says. The brochure includes a picture of the R1 robot that does the surgery. During the study, the R1 robot will be used to surgically place the N1 implant in a region of the brain that controls movement intention. It says participants will be asked to use the N1 implant and
0: N1 user app to control a computer and provide feedback about the system. Just a quick note: uh, this is shit that other BCI companies have done uh, for like the last 25, 30 years. Yes. The only difference here is like it's a smaller device that directly attaches to. Uh, you know, shit in your brain, electrodes. Uh,
1: but yes, Neuralink is marketing this as though they are the only player in the space, and, yeah, and that it is a huge.
0: It's uh, also fucking weird that they're developing their own robot when, like, there's like that Da Vinci robot mm-hmm. that can do surgery on a grape. Ooh, it did but surgery on a grape. But there, there are medical robot companies that have been doing this yep. for a very long time, and it is uh, concerning that I, like, I didn't know that they were also building their own fucking robot to do this. Yeah. That's another huge point of failure. Look, if it works, I'm not
1: trying to shit on this. If it works, that's great. People that are paralyzed, being yeah. able to uh, get motor function back is a good thing. It's just with everything else that this guy has been in charge of, I would be very cautious.
0: Yeah, I, I'm fearful that some very vulnerable people will be taken advantage of and have their lives made worse than they already are. You would hate to have that happen, and I hope it doesn't. Yeah. As
1: much as I dislike Elon Musk, I do not want that to happen.
0: No. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, it continues. According to the brochure, the study will take place over the course of six years. The initial period involves nine at-home visits spaced out over 18 months. The pitch is that an app will translate the user's thoughts into actions on a computer. Once surgically placed, the N1 implant is cosmetically invisible, the brochure says. It records and transmits brain activity with the goal of enabling you to control a computer. The N1 implant records neural activity through 1024 electrodes distributed across 64 threads, each thinner than a human hair. Before these human trials, Neuralink conducted tests on monkeys. In 2021, the company shared a video of one of the monkeys allegedly controlling the video game Pong with its mind. Even if Musk's company truly succeeded, it may have come at a terrible cost. Reports from the trial have been grim, and U.S. federal investigators launched an investigation into animal cruelty in 2021. It's still ongoing.
1: And, yeah, about those animal cruelty allegations, this week Wired published a piece detailing the actual veterinary records of what happened, and it's bad. Uh, we're going to read a bit from this, but if stories about lab animals dying is uh, in upsetting ways is... Not something that you want to experience, just skip to the next chapter of the video. Okay, here we go. UC Davis veterinary records cited by the Physicians Committee, which Wired also obtained through a subsequent California public records request, chronicle a battery of complications that developed following procedures involving electrodes being surgically implanted into monkeys' brains. The complications included bloody diarrhea, partial paralysis, and cerebral edema, a condition colloquially known as brain swelling. For example, in an experimental surgery that took place in December 2019, performed to determine the survivability of an implant, an internal part of the device broke off while being implanted. Overnight, researchers observed the monkey, identified only as Animal 20 by UC Davis, scratching at the surgical site, which emitted a bloody discharge, and yanking on a connector that eventually dislodged part of the device. A surgery to repair the issue was carried out the following day, yet fungal and bacterial infections took root. That records note that neither infection was likely to be cleared, in part because the implant was covering the infected area. The monkey was euthanized on January 6, 2020. The worst thing to happen on
0: January 6th. Well, the other January 6th was a year later, but yes.
1: Worst thing to have happened on a January 6th. A January 6th. Yes.
0: That's right. Uh, here's some more. Additional veterinary reports show the condition of a female monkey called Animal 15 during the months leading up to her death in March 2019. Days after her implant surgery, she began to press her head against the floor for no apparent reason. A symptom of pain or infection, the records say. Staff observed that though she was uncomfortable picking and pulling at her implant until it bled, she would often lie at the foot of her cage and spend time holding hands with her roommate. Animal 15 began to lose coordination and staff observed that she would shake uncontrollably when she saw lab workers. Her condition deteriorated for months until the staff finally euthanized her. A necropsy report indicates that she had bleeding in her brain and that the Neuralink implants left parts of her cerebral cortex focally tattered. Yet another monkey, Animal 22, was euthanized in March 2020 after his cranial implant became loose. A necropsy report revealed that two of the screws securing the implant to the skull loosened to the extent that they could easily be lifted out. The necropsy for Animal 22 clearly states that the failure of this implant can be considered purely mechanical and not exacerbated by infection. If true, this would appear to directly contradict Musk's statements that no monkeys died as a result of Neuralink's chips.
1: They also quote a former Neuralink employee who calls bullshit on Musk's claims that all of Neuralink's animal subjects were already terminally ill before testing, saying it's ridiculous, if not a straight fabrication because up to a year's worth of behavioral training was required before any testing could actually begin.
0: Yeah, I've also, I haven't seen this confirmed, but I've seen comments from other people in the lab testing space who...
1: The results won't be good because if, the, if they're actually terminally ill... Yeah, it, it,
0: it, would, it would not make any sense, but they, there's a theory that, uh, so when animals go into a study like this, they're labeled terminal animals when they're when the plan all along is that they will be euthanized at the end of yeah. uh, testing. So they believe that Elon saw that terminal monkeys yeah. and just assumed that that meant they're terminally ill. They all have cancer. Yeah, and not that it means that they'll all be euthanized at the end of testing. Yes. Is just saying that the, with authority like he does with so many the other things. The science
1: understander has logged on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, and, and, and even at face value, like the oh, no, we went out and found a bunch of terminally ill monkeys is so...
0: Yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense. No,
1: especially, like, if you're doing animal testing for something that's going to help mankind or, you know, whatever. The idea that you're testing on sick animals is bizarre for for correct results.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, there's obviously people who think that there should be no animal testing done ever. Mm -hmm. But within the people who disagree with that, obviously most of the people in this field, they don't want to inflict uh, unnecessary harm and suffering on the animals they are testing on. Yeah. And that, it sounds like a lot of that fucking happened in these trials. Yeah. And like in a fucking horrific way, in preventable ways. It sound, sounds like uh, they were just sort of jamming these things into these monkeys' brains and seeing what happened. And for Musk's part, with no explanation on any of the details of it, he's just like, don't worry,
1: they were going to die anyway. Yeah. We're all terminal after yeah. all, all right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so yeah. There you go. A- anyways, uh, these records were given to the SEC by an animal rights group who believe they constitute securities fraud when compared to Elon's public statements on the matter. So that's yet another completely unrelated potential SEC matter on Elon's plate. And a lot of this, everything we've talked about today, leading up until this point, is a perfect explanation of why. Elon Musk has been so determined to lean into the
0: right-wing politics field. Oh, because of the persecution? It's like, oh, they're targeting me because uh, I'm exposing the truth. And the Russell Brand defense. And and that the conservative
1: party is way more lax on regulations and things like that. So he'll be able to... Let's just be honest, the Conservative Party doesn't give a fuck about animal rights, so, like, this would go away pretty quickly. And a lot of other things would probably go away, too, because uh, financial fraud, not very high on their list of priorities. In fact, a lot of them uh, participate in that, so...
0: Also, fuck it, get rid of the FDA.
1: If you want a brain implant, come on down. That It's me, Elon. What's the worst that could happen? I mean, all indications seem to be pointing towards that. Like, he just wants to get away with whatever he wants, and to do that... It's going to be a lot harder if there's
0: uh, liberal politicians in office. Damn regulations. Yeah. Anyways, we got some more news coming up in the (laughs) non-Elon half. But first, this episode is sponsored by Stitch Fix. Have you been living in the same shorts and t-shirt all summer? Yes. John Fetterman, (laughs) ready up your wardrobe game, but don't know where to start or even what size you are at some of the the trendy online shops, well, it's time to get yourself a Stitch Fix stylist. Mm -hmm. Stitch Fix is an easy way to get clothes that fit you without having to endlessly browse through options or spend outside your budget. Think of them as your style partners. Your stylist will learn about your tastes and collaborate with you on looks that you'll love without breaking the bank.
1: With your choices in mind and a wide range of sizes available from extra small to triple XL, they'll find your perfect fit and send you clothes handpicked just for you. They have over a thousand brands and styles and do the work of choosing the best options for you. Susan Collins? Sorry, no bikini. Uh, They'll even show you how to wear head-to-toe outfits so you can just get dressed and go. And if you don't love something, just send it back. Shipping, returns, and exchanges are always free. In our experience, Stitch Fix is just about the easiest possible way to add a couple new items to your wardrobe a few times a year. A lot of times you'll even end up with something you love that you never would have even tried on at the store. I'm wearing Stitch Fix shoes and Stitch Fix uh, sweatpants right
0: now. Mm-hmm. He looks great, folks. Thank you Stitch Fix and thank you Ricky. They just get me and they'll get you too. Try today at stitchfix.com/newsday and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com/newsday. stitchfix.com/newsday.
1: This episode is also sponsored by Mint Mobile. From the
0: gas pump
1: to the grocery store, your utility bills and your favorite streaming services, inflation is everywhere. Seriously, make it stop. I mean, thankfully, there's one company out there that is giving you a much-needed break. It's Mint Mobile. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton, with phone plans starting at just 15 bucks a month.
0: For people looking for extra savings this year, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. By going online only and eliminating the traditional costs of retail, Mint Mobile passes significant savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts.
1: Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/newsday. That is mintmobile.com/newsday. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com/newsday.
0: All right, just a bit more news for you today, starting with yet another AI plagiarism lawsuit with some big names attached. Mm. As you know, these large language models like ChatGPT, they didn't just learn to answer questions all on their own, uh, they were trained. And the methods of how they were trained sound a lot like copyright violation, especially to the copyright holders themselves. Mm. Instead of using only public domain text or, I don't know, asking for permission, Companies like OpenAI just fed gigabytes of data into their LLMs, scraped from all over the web, including, allegedly, pirate libraries containing books that were illegally uploaded to the internet. And the authors of these books are not happy about that, Uh, not only for the copyright infringement, but also because LLMs directly threaten to replace human writers. Mm -hmm. They're they're stealing my shit and using it to (laughs) replace me. Yeah. So here's The Verge. More authors sued OpenAI
1: for copyright infringement, joining other writers in pursuing legal action against generative AI companies for using their books to train AI models. The Authors Guild and 17 well-known authors like Jonathan Franzen, John Grissom, George R.R. R. Martin, and Jody Pacool filed the lawsuit in the Southern District of New York. The plaintiffs hoped to get the filing classified as a class action. According to the complaint, OpenAI copied plaintiffs' works wholesale without permission or consideration and fed the copyrighted materials into large language models. These authors' livelihoods derive from the works they create. But the defendants' LLMs endanger fiction writers' ability to make a living in that the LLMs allow anyone to generate, automatically and freely or very cheaply, text that they would otherwise pay writers to create, the lawsuit said. The authors added that OpenAI's LLMs could result in derivative work that is based on, mimics, summarizes, or paraphrases their books, which could harm their market. OpenAI, the complaint said, could have trained GPT on works in the public domain instead of pulling in copyrighted material without paying a licensing
0: fee. Oh, but then it wouldn't have been as good. It would have sounded
1: all old-timey. They would, instead of saying, hey, they'd go, hark!
0: I would actually love to see an LLM trained entirely on, like, uh, newspaper scans from, like, the early 20th century. Headline! (laughs) The year is 1912. The Titanic has hit an iceberg. That would be infinitely more interesting. Yeah. But no. John Jacob Astor perishes in the cold depths of the Atlantic. Tell me about the Titanic so yeah these are some very deep pocketed authors we're talking about here uh john grisham and george r. r martin i feel like they could bankroll a lawsuit for a very long time and george r, r. martin's
1: got nothing but time he ain't writing <laughs> yeah he's he's not busy with anything important no.
0: at the moment Mm-mm. no so yeah they, they definitely have the financial resources to keep open ai tied up in legal proceedings for a while and this is of course just one of many lawsuits currently in the pipeline against ai companies all of which have the potential to set Exciting new legal precedents since this is pretty uncharted territory that doesn't perfectly line up with how copyright law has ever historically worked. So, there's a lot of groundbreaking litigation on the horizon. Very exciting mm-hmm. or scary. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But let's move on now from this year's hot, legally dubious tech to the hot, legally dubious tech of years past cryptocurrency. I was just talking
1: about this yesterday with a friend. I went to the Dodgers game and I was like, isn't it wild? That one year ago, all of the umpires had FTX patches all over their uniforms. I mean, even
0: a year ago, it was already, like, shit it was collapsing.
1: Yeah. Just crazy. This is, like, one of the h- fastest. Is it still the Crypto.com arena? It is.
0: Fucking hell. Uh,
1: but uh, locally known as the Crypt. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, and, and, of course, everyone still refers to it as the staple Center. But when yeah. you bring up Crypto.com, they're like, oh, you mean the Crypt?
0: Staple Center, the Great Western Forum. Yeah. Uh, the first interstate tower. <laughs> Bank of California Sears Stadium. Tower, yeah. uh, so
1: one of crypto's biggest celebrity boosters has been Mark Cuban, which definitely calls into question his otherwise reliable judgment. Though to be fair, his crypto takes are still way less dumb and embarrassing than those of his Shark Tank co-host, Mr. Wonderful.
0: Mr. Maybe not so wonderful. Don't
1: ask him about piloting that boat. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, here's some news about Mark Cuban and crypto that definitely doesn't sell us
0: on crypto ever being more than just a giant scam. From Motherboard. Billionaire Mark Cuban has long been a major supporter of cryptocurrencies, promoting Bitcoin as a better investment than gold, and criticizing security regulators' approach to reigning in the industry. Now, he's been hit with a nearly $1 million loss after falling victim to a phishing scam. The substantial theft was first spotted by an anonymous blockchain watcher on social media who noticed that Cuban's crypto wallet was being drained of all of its funds on Friday. Lamau, did Mark Cuban's wallet just get drained? Wallet inactive for 160 days and all assets just moved," said Waz Crypto in a tweet with an attached screenshot of Cuban's wallet activity. The loss has amounted to roughly $870,000, according to blockchain data from the attacker's crypto address. I just love that this is another example
1: of just like one of the big marketing things for crypto being uh, private and secure. Just like, no, anyone who has a- (laughs) By definition, it is
0: not private and secure.
1: Yeah, instead you have uh, just anyone on the internet being able to watch Mark Cuban's crypto wallet to see And that's like a lot of
0: these scams, uh, like some of the ones we've talked to have like one of the steps in the scam is just watching someone's wallet activity. Yeah. And uh, like there was that one we talked about recently where like you see them like trading money, like doing test uh, payments and you just create a wallet. that's like, you know, it's 35 characters. So you make one that just at at glance looks like the same one Mm -hmm. and uh, trick them into giving you money.
1: Yeah. Well, it continues. Cuban spoke to crypto news outlet DL News and said that he was the victim of a phishing attack. He downloaded a fake version of a popular crypto wallet software after searching on Google, he said, which was set up to drain his funds. I'm pretty sure I downloaded a version of MetaMask with some shit in it, he told the outlet. I went on MetaMask for the first time in months. They must have been watching, Cuban said. Crypto phishing scams are extremely common, and generally follow the pattern of a user engaging with malicious software or a smart contract on the blockchain. Because cryptocurrency transactions are instant, irreversible, and typically anonymous, there is usually little recourse for victims. Last week, Ethereum co-founder Vitalik Buterin's Twitter account was hacked and scammers stole about $500,000 in just 20 minutes.
0: Oh, that's the future of money. You know how, like, you put your money in a bank and it's just there all the time? And insured and, up and to a certain amount? by the federal government? Uh, what if, like, downloading uh, the wrong app onto your phone meant all your money just disappears and there's nothing you can do about it? I, Sounds awesome, right?
1: I like to think that this is not the type of guy that Mark Cuban is, but I don't know. Uh... And I don't know how this would work in a financial declaration sense, but having a bit of an oopsie and losing hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of essentially worthless
0: mm-hmm. items—that would be a tax write-off. You would in assume, some way. yeah. I don't know. Can you write off that? I have I no
1: idea. Do. I, I don't know. I'm also not a billionaire who doesn't have access to like tax lawyers. I mean, so that would
0: be interesting. But also, he's very rich. I don't think
1: this matters to him yes. at all. No, this is like you losing a $5 bill on the street. Yeah. Um, but in other crypto news, Sam Bankman fried has become basically the face of everything that went wrong and in increasingly funny fashion because all the stuff that's coming out about him just paints a beautiful picture. This yeah. man refuses to shut up.
0: Yeah, he's he's a character.
1: If you thought anyone was good at digging holes, wait till you see what he's done in private messages on Twitter.
0: digging so many holes.
1: Yeah. Uh, A big reason his downfall was so catastrophic for crypto was that before it all fell apart, he was widely seen as lending an air of legitimacy and accountability to the crypto craze. And one of the reasons SBF managed to fool so many people was that he comes from good stock. Both of his parents are renowned law professors at Stanford Law School. And even after FTX collapsed and SBF was arrested, it still seemed like this was a good boy from a good family who just lost his way. Uh, Well, nope, not so fast. (laughs) Because the people brought in to sort out the remains of FTX are now alleging that SBF's parents are just as corrupt as he is. Here's The Verge.
0: The lawyers who represent what's left of FTX filed suit against Sam Bankman-Fried's parents, saying they exploited their access and influence within the FTX enterprise to enrich themselves, directly and indirectly, by millions of dollars. The point of the suit is to get that money back so it can be paid out to the people FTX owes. Before all of this, Barbara Fried and Joseph Bankman were already well-known and respected Stanford Law School professors. Last week, Bloomberg dropped a fascinating profile of the two of them. And they then go on to list some of the ways that professors Bankman and Freed spent their son's company's money on themselves. According to
1: an expense report, Bankman got $1,200 per night hotels for himself and plane tickets and tickets to the Formula One Grand Prix in France, what he called a free trip to France, for a student at Stanford Law School who later became outside counsel to FTX. Bankman also got a $200,000 annual salary per his instruction to an FTX employee. I am no longer getting paid by Stanford, because I'm on leave, so you should have me on salary, starting (laughs) December 1st. That salary wasn't enough. Bankman complained that he was supposed to be getting a million dollars a year starting in December, so that would be a bit more than $80,000 a month gross. And then whines to his son about it. Sam Bankman-Fried gave his parents $10 million in funds, originating from Alameda Limited, after Bankman's complaint. They also got a $16.4 million property in the Bahamas, paid for with funds ultimately provided by FTX Trading. Bankman then emailed Ryan Salami.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ryan Salami!
1: If you got a goofy last name, you should probably not get involved in crimes.
0: Ryan Salami. Slimy, right, or, slimy Salami. Oh or Salome, I don't know. Uh he's Ryan, Ryan Salami.
1: Bankman then emailed Ryan Salami. He's delicious. Saying, We are hoping you can come to celebrate the house you helped us buy slash move into. <laughs> I love the self-awareness. Like, uh, yeah.
0: You. You paid for this house uh, for yeah. us. Hey, hey Ryan Salami. Are you gonna bring a charcuterie board? Hey. Got just the knife. It uh, continues, FTX paid for furnishing for the residents also. At least eight vases and five rugs, one of which was a Persian hand-knotted rug costing more than $2,500. FTX paid $90,000 for a variety of expenses on the property, including cleaning and landscaping. There's no record of FTX being reimbursed, the filing notes. Bankman got to meet Larry David <laughs> at his own request by playing a cameo role in the FTX commercial. Quote, okay i'm not a star fucker and don't really care about meeting say tom brady but larry david <laughs> He wrote larry david pops up two times in this fucking episode for two completely separate reasons yeah interesting bankman also channeled 5.5 million dollars in donations to stanford university donations that did not benefit the ftx group and instead amounted to naked self-dealing by bankman who sought to curry favor with and enrich his employer at the ftx group's expense Freed sought donations for her political group, Mind the Gap, while trying to obscure the source of the funds, the filing alleges. Freed knowingly aided and abetted Bankman Freed's, Sings, and potentially other FTX insiders' breaches of fiduciary duties in connection with these offenses, including Sings' $1 million contribution to MTG in April 2021, originating from Alameda. So, wow, I (laughs) guess... a lot of self-dealing.
1: The apple does, in fact, fall directly below the tree. Hmm. The entire family's reputation and prestige, cultivated over several decades, has collapsed all thanks to a couple years living high on the hog off other people's money. And depending on how this goes, not only could SBF end up spending the rest of his life in prison, his parents could lose just about all their credibility in the legal field. You're elite expert lawyers. You can't just claim you didn't know what was going on.
0: Yeah. Oh, I didn't know I couldn't do that.
1: Oh, really? Because like... You, You're a Stanford law professor. <laughs> You've taught law at Stanford for like 30 years. You wrote the book on this. Yeah. So yeah, amazing. And also, like I said, uh, if you haven't read Easy Money yet no. b- by Ben McKenzie, please do. Excellent book. But there ha- there's also so many other corroborating reports of Sam Bankman-Fried just simply not shutting the fuck up. Yeah. From
0: journalists... Hoisting himself constantly.
1: Yes. From, from journalists to other crypto leaders... To uh, average people on Twitter, just spilling his heart onto the page in direct messages or text messages or any other way. This dude is like, if I just keep talking, I will eventually be able to talk my way out of it. But instead, all he does is re incriminate himself. And it is a, it's going to be a fascinating case study on this guy's brain. Oh, yeah. With uh, unlimited amounts of information straight from the horse's mouth. So uh be prepared for like just an amazing biography oh
0: the many many biographies i i know uh, a friend of mine is a filmmaker in new york and he's he's making a documentary he's been making a documentary mm-hmm. about just crypto in general but also sbf for like a year now yeah. And, yeah he's just like yeah like no i i was texting with him for a long time his, his lawyers finally like or the government finally made him stop yeah but, yeah he was just like texting me shit i'm like Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stop you. Yeah, but Like, what the fuck? In Ben's book, he's
1: like, he would come back to paragraphs <laughs> from Bankman-Fried. Uh, ho- hopefully, um, HBO doesn't pick up the dramatization of this because, uh, like with Winning Time, the Bankman-Fried documentary will end with uh, FTX being very successful, and it'll just end there and be like, well, I guess that's all that happened. Yeah. Because they ended Winning Time with uh, the Lakers losing. Yeah. Like, all right, tune in next time for. Uh, the rest of this show. whoops, we got canceled.
0: I think it could come back. Yeah, I probably. haven't watched it. I hear it's great. And yeah, what a what a shitty what a shitty way for things. <laughs> and to... it's done. Yeah.
1: <laughs> also, I, I believe that's the show that Adam McKay and Will Ferrell uh, destroyed their friendship over.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, Will Ferrell wanted to play Jerry Buss, mm-hmm. and uh, Adam McKay thought that John C. Riley would do a better job. And based on people who've actually seen the show, it sounds like. Adam McKay made the right choice, yeah. but Will Ferrell didn't seem to think so. He called oh. dibs on that role, and uh, weird thing, Gary Sanchez uh, shattered over that. Yeah.
1: Anyways, uh, if uh, if you're curious, uh, our other videos this week, we have them popping up in just a second. But make sure you like that. Hit that like hit button. Hit the like button. Like Come the on. like button. Smash it. Do whatever you want mm. to it. Uh, Pulverize it. Yes, uh, but only hit it once. If you hit it twice, it it not work. Call Lauren
0: Bulbert on that like. Come on.
1: Pretend that like button's with you on a first date. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then leave a comment, reply to a comment, welcome new viewers into the fold. And now, if you want to know more about that missing uh, stealth whoops. fighter plane, whoops, we have an episode about that. And we also have an episode about those tiny little guys known as extraterrestrial aliens. Real. Yeah, and you can stomp them with your foot. Stomp that like button. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.